Hi, I'm Christine Lykins. You are listening to On Screen and Beyond, and I'm the next guest. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This is episode 233 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this week our guest is Christine Lakin. She was Al Lambert on the 90s hit TV show Step by Step with Suzanne Summers and Patrick Duffy. And uh, she was the tomboy daughter of them, and uh, it's, it's, she's going to come in. She's going to talk about what she's up to now. She's got a lot of projects in in the works. Uh, she's got Love and Lakin, which uh, you can catch on the web. And uh, she's also got a very, very funny show, live show, called Worst Audition Ever. If you get a chance to see that, it's really funny. And uh, she's going to be talking about all that. And it's coming up in just a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well... We are going to get into Remake Madness in just a second, but I want to remind you, if you are on Facebook, be sure to like us. If you have a suggestion for a guest you'd like to hear here at On Screen and Beyond, email it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and I'll see what I can do about getting that person on here. So, what do you say? It's time for Remake Madness, next on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness. Well, we got a couple of unusual ones here. The kids' game Hungry Hungry Hippos will join the pack of games being remade onto big screen features. And I I, I just don't understand what they're going to do with this one because uh, basically it's going to be Hungry Hungry Hippos in name only probably because uh, I just don't see how they could, you know, do the game thing. But anyways, that's what they're going to be doing. And the original Wizard of Oz isn't being remade, but it will be converted to 3D for release next year. So that should be interesting. And Warner Brothers is working on bringing back the Looney Tune characters in a live-action CGI film. So we will see what's uh, going to be going on with that. And that is it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, well, in development is a film called Spy Guys, as a CIA agent on a dangerous mission has his cover blown while he's at a friend's wedding in Europe, and his friends help him escape. And the story of the British mountain climber George Mallory, uh, called Everest, tells us about his attempts to climb the mountain in the 1920s and look for Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, Michael Douglas, and Kevin Kline to star in Last Vegas as four friends in their late 60s decide to throw a bachelor party for the only one who remains single. Look for that on December of 2013. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we'll take you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels, right here on On Screen and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequel City, what's coming your way as far as sequels? Well, Mission Impossible 5 with Tom Cruise is in development over at Paramount Pictures. And Insidious 2 is looking for a release in 2013. And The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is looking for a release date of May 2nd, 2014. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on Oscar and Beyond, we take a peek at what's coming away as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, December 18th, the sixth season of Here's Lucy is headed our way, and it promises... A lot of never-before-seen special features, so that should be interesting. And January 22nd, you can look for Scarecrow and Mrs. King Season 4 to land on DVD with 22 episodes. And on January 8th, Smash Season 1 will come to DVD. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? We're going to let you know next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Movies on DVD, November 27th, you can catch the animated hit Paranorman as it arrives on DVD. Taken 2, now in theaters, will come your way on Blu-ray and DVD in February. And also look for Tim Burton's Frankenweenie, which is right out in theaters now, will also hit Blu-ray and DVD in February. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Christine Lakin is coming your way from Step by Step, uh, Lovin' Lakin, and worst audition ever, and of course she's been in all kinds of TV shows and things. And we're going to talk about that and much more. It's next, Christine Lakin, right here on On Screen and Beyond. My guest today on On Screen and Beyond is an actress who you may remember for her role as Alicia Al Lambert in the 90s hit show Step by Step with Suzanne Somers and Patrick Duffy. Lately, you have heard her as Joyce Kinney on The Family Guy, or you may have seen her on her web series, Love and Lakin. It's Christine Lakin. Christine, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Christine, we'll get into Step by Step because I know a lot of the listeners are going to want to hear about that. But uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of your recent projects, like Worst Audition Ever. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah. So I created this stage show here in Los Angeles uh, called Worst Audition Ever. And it really just came out of one night sitting around with an actor friend of mine drinking beer and kind of telling more stories about what we do as artists, what our job description is, which on any given day could be Anything from playing a hooker on a for CSI to going to a commercial audition and having to pretend to be uh, someone landing from Mars and doesn't know anything about Charmin. I mean, it can really run the gamut. So uh, I kind of put the live show together, and I thought, you know, these, this this should be a show, a live show. So we started doing it, um, gathering stories, and doing it at a little place called Casita del Campo uh, in Silver Lake. And um, it's just sort of grown from there. It's been about a year and a half. And uh, it's it's just been a kind of a labor of love. We have so many wonderful storytellers. It's sort of become this underground um, cult hit, I guess, of storytelling here in Los Angeles. And so, yeah, we feel really lucky. You know, I think uh, I think we tapped into a nerve here of 
kind of a city that's built on dreams and, um, you know, sort of exposing people's, like, first and humble beginnings, I think, is a, uh, it levels a playing field for a lot of people. So I think that's, that's what I'm most proud of with it. But. Yeah. But, yeah, well, so come out and see a show this fall. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw some of the clips on the website, and uh, it's really funny because and uh, these are true things, correct? Oh, yeah. All these stories are real. We do not – We some names have been changed to protect the innocent, right. but yeah. these are all uh, absolutely true stories. Huh. Um, all we do is help people sort of – because you don't have a perspective on your own life. So my, my producing partner, Alec Led and I – we sit with people and we sort of talk about, you know, what their experiences have been. And then, you know, what's interesting and funny to us that I know will make a great story. Sometimes someone can't see in their own life. So that's what's, what's fun for us, you know. And then we kind of help produce the story, if you will, uh, with uh, actual um, photographs from the time or footage if there's footage, you know, funny yeah. stuff like that. So it kind of gives the, um, the story a, a well-rounded richness. Now, is it the same cast all the time, or is it like a rotating? I mean, because you could get everybody in there to tell some crazy thing that has happened. <laughs> oh, that's that's true. No, we've had um, a different cast almost every single show. Wow. We did one show that was an all-star mashup where we just had some of the best stories of that fall and uh, put together with a couple of new stories, and that was great success. We had a really good time with that in um, at King King in uh, December. So, um, so yeah, that was that was really positive. Um, and then, um, you know, uh, I think we're probably, this, these next shows coming up, we're toying a little bit with also doing, um, expanding our worst audition ever brand into a worst date ever. So uh, we're thinking about the October shows. There'll be one night of worst audition and one night of worst date. So you'll definitely not want to miss that one because uh, on the 18th, because that will be a show, I think, to be remembered. Where can people get information about about the show and where they can get tickets and everything like that? Uh, you can get information at worstauditionever.com. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of our, um, you know, storytellers from the past have um, a bunch of stories on there. We have a sizzle reel on there. And we have a calendar with all of our events and when we're going to be playing next and how to get tickets. Draw all on sale now. So, yeah, you can see everything there. Follow us on Twitter at Worst, Audi- at Worst Audition. Yeah, it, it sounds Exciting. like a, a really fun show. Thanks. I think it is. I mean, I have a blast doing it. And, you know, I think um, storytelling in some ways is the new stand-up. Mm-hmm. That's uh, sort of how I see it. And, uh, you know, I think that's evident by the, all the storytelling shows in Los Angeles, from Sit and Spin to The Moth to, you know, um, that I, I don't know, there's a billion of them on my mind's blank now, but... I think that that's really tapping into, you know, uh, a certain way that we're, that we're now communicating and doing comedy, which I think is great. Yeah. Now, you started it, but are you actually on stage? Um, it depends on the show. I have, told, I have hosted a couple of our shows um, in which I've performed a couple different stories. Um, and I was actually meant to host again last week, and I lost my voice. Oh, <laughs> um, Tom Link came in, and thankfully... He's such a good friend and fan of the show and, uh, and you know, helped start it with us. And so he came in and filled in for me. God bless his soul. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so, but I'll there every show. I'm, I'm in the back producing with, uh, with the rest of the producers. So. <laughs> yeah. So do you just call up friends and say, hey, you want to come do the show this week? Um, it comes from a little bit of everything now. I mean, in the beginning, it was just my friends. You know, I called some, like 10 of my funniest friends. Mm-hmm. And asked if they would come tell a story. And, um, you know, from there, it's now grown. I mean, we are constantly looking for new stories and new people and performers and, you know, 
good storytellers. Um, I get a lot of people from shows I'm working on. Uh, obviously, I've had three people from Silence Musical come perform, which they were amazing and wonderful. Um, and then, you know, I get I get recommendations. I mean, we have someone who will get recommended from a manager who comes and tells a great story, and then they'll bring five of their writer friends. And two of those writer friends are like, God, I've got great stories for you. And then, you know, we've just been kind of trying to continue to build the network. Um, because we've had writers, directors, you know, people, producers, pitching stories. We've had actors, you know, um, stage management. Um, we had a, uh, a story from a craft service person. I mean, these are really from all realms and sides of the business. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's what I think is uh, has been really fun. So uh, we've been lucky so far, but I, I definitely, you know, I always, I'm always looking for new people. Now, i got to ask you, of course, what was your worst audition ever? Oh, well, the story I told uh, was a, a special story, and I'm sorry to say it's only reserved for the, the live audience because, there's some names I don't change to protect the innocent and um, can only do it in a live setting. <laughs> but I will say that my story did not necessarily start out with a bad audition. It started out with a rather terrible job. So um, it's story in three parts, and um, I think it's highly worth it. <laughs> yeah. Now, you said you, ta- you talked about the worst date ever. Uh, do you have any that you, not that you're going to share with us right now, but <laughs> do you have anything that you feel you could contribute to that show oh definitely definitely <laughs> i um unfortunately i think some of my stories might border on the blue side um so this is fine you know we do the show in the basement of a mexican restaurant with margaritas so you know this is kind of uh what we encourage in our show um yeah there would definitely be one or two oh especially you know i, I mean as silly as it was the fifth grade getting dumped in the coat closet that was that one really is sticking out hard in my mind so oh so you're going me back there and bringing me down um <laughs> you're going way back fifth yeah. grade that's oh, that's i mean that's <laughs> sure we have some stories that people tell about auditions in high school and junior high i mean it, it, it's just those make me laugh the hardest because as a child you know everything is so heightened anyway right um yeah. so those are always great stories to get no matter if it's a date or a worse audition but, yeah, those are particularly some of my favorites. Now, uh, your web series, Love and Lakin, yes. is uh, that still going on? Yes. we. Um, I have uh, 10 episodes on Hulu, mm-hmm. um, which you can find at um, hulu.com backslash Love and Lakin. And they're also on YouTube as well under the Oops Donuts TV page. That's O-O-P-S Donuts TV. And, um, yeah, we did 10 episodes. The way Hulu goes, um, they when they picked up the series they actually like to release all of the episodes at once so it was released um as all past time so um that's that's what we have people keep asking when we're going to release more and i i don't know because we haven't made them yet Uh, (laughs) but i would love to make more of them so um yeah we're actively pursuing how we can do that well, because, um, you know, I'll have to, people did me a lot of favors to make that the first time. Right. And I don't know that I could get them to do that again. But, right. You have um, a lot of a lot of big people in there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, it was a labor of love. I'm really proud of it. You know, I it was something I wanted to do. It was something, the first thing I wrote myself um, for me. And uh, I I just had a blast doing it. I just, it, it tickles me. It makes me, I think it's just stupid and fun. And, um, I have really talented, great friends, and I love being able to showcase how funny they are. Um, mm. That's one of my favorite things. So, you know, so what did you fun to play a version of yourself? And I think some of the you know the celebrities especially got a kick out of that. Yeah. Did you call up Patrick Duffy and say, "Hey, 
Patrick, you got to come over here and do this. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we were actually working together at the time. We both had a little role in um, You Again. Mm-hmm. And he was actually on set, and I had had an idea for him. It just worked out he was going to be there for, like, three days. So, of course, I told him the whole story and, like, what, you know, what the series was and um, what he come to an episode, and he was like, of course. So we just set it up one day that he was, you know, there, and I was there, and we took, like, 45 minutes and, you know, shot two passes and a pickup, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And Stacy was nice enough to come down. I, you know, I told her what we were doing, and I was like, I think you get a kick out of this. So you just walk in and so that I can stare daggers at you. And she's like, oh, my God, this is so dumb. Okay, yeah, I'll totally come and do it. So she just, like, was so nice to come over that day. And, you know, the two of them are <laughs> they're just such good sports. And I have to say, like, it, it really does. It makes me just so tickled beyond belief. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you get um, Seth MacFarlane on there because of your work on Family Guy? Or are yeah, you friends with him anyways? Again, yeah, he and uh, I've been working on Family Guy for about a year at that point, and um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I, I just smile a lot. <laughs> Say, hey, why don't you come do this? You have a good time. <laughs> and uh, and he, I was, I was shocked though. He gave me a, um, a nice part of his, I believe it was a Saturday or Sunday, to um, manipulate him around his own office. So I can't thank him enough for that. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. No, but really funny and just such an amazing guy, and you know. That whole, uh, I feel really lucky to be in that world over there. Yeah. Well, web series seem to be picking up more and being a little more mainstream. I mean, let's face it, Brian Singer is done, uh, what is it, H- H2? I don't know if you've seen that show. No. The director, Brian Singer, yeah, he's got... Oh, uh, no, I haven't seen it. Oh, that's, it's great. But so many more people are going, mainstream people are going toward the web series. And do you think that's yeah. the way things are going to end up? eventually oh definitely i mean i liken it to this you know if you're an independent filmmaker or you're an independent you know say even production company um the the internet is now what used to be cable i mean the internet is the wild west of you know it it doesn't matter what network you're on if people like you they'll support you enough to let you do what you want to do i mean for real and i see this because i you know i just got finished judging the show internet icon which is on YouTube, and it, it's like an American Idol for the next big YouTube star. And I host it, um, or I, uh, I judge it with Ryan Higa, and it's hosted by Chester C. And, you know, we it was amazing to do this. I'd never done an Internet show like this before. And mm-hmm. to watch the talent that came in, these little mini filmmakers who are making, you know, um, an incredible video a day in under six hours, yeah. from writing to filming to editing, conception, delivery. And, I mean, these are two-minute movies. These are little short. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was blown away. I mean, this is, yeah, 100% it's the future of where it is. And, uh, you know, web series, like, I just think it's great that people can kind of make something that they can have creative control over more than anything. But, um, but yeah, anyone who thinks that <laughs> it's, going, it's not going anywhere is, um, you know, <laughs> I think a fool. Right, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how you started in show business? Um, well, when I was about my parents moved to Atlanta and um, I'd been involved in some, you know, like peewee tap classes, jazz classes, mm-hmm. things like that. Anyway, um, my mom took me to a dance studio and was enrolling me in a uh, tap class. I was like maybe in first grade, second grade. And I saw on the board they had, you know, tap, jelly, that tap jazz, LA, acrobatics, and drama. So I asked my mom what drama was. And she sort of explained it in the terms of, like, um, it's what Carol Burnett does. And that's kind of, Carol Burnett had always been my 
my hero when I was a kid. I loved mm-hmm. watching his Carol Burnett show since I was really little. So I kind of asked if I could do that. And so that's the first, I guess, um, you know, I, I don't know. People always ask my mom, like, did you guys, you know, want her to do this? And if there's anything my parents are supportive, if there's also anything they are, um, you know, it's it, looking out for the welfare of their daughter. So I don't know that they would have necessarily ever pushed me into this, but <laughs> seemingly it's what I wanted to do when I was little. So they've been supportive ever since. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that answers your story, but your question, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just kind yeah. of fell into it from there on out. Do you remember your very first major role? Not, not well, not major role, but you know, uh, getting into the business. Um, it was a milk commercial. Um, when uh, shortly after I started drama classes, the uh, the teacher uh, Lynn Ellis, um, who's now Lynn Stallings and runs the Atlanta Workshop Players, um, she came up to my mom and you know said that she was a manager and um, was interested in you know had and maybe representing me. My mom was like approached by, you know, I guess I'm an agent or something once before, but I was just very young, and I guess so she kind of said, well, you know, we're not really into that, but, you know, she seems to like it, so maybe we'll just go on an audition or two just to see what it's all about, and I ended up uh, <laughs> I ended up booking uh, my first national commercial, so that was the first thing I got, um, and uh, the first thing I, I guess I got close on was some weird meal commercial. And from there, it's just sort of my mom just like, well, I guess she's kind of good at it. I don't know. Maybe we can save for college. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was kind of one of those, let's just kind of see what happens thing. And before I knew it, I, I was working a lot as a kid in commercials and, and, you know, theater and just seemed to sort of love it. Um, so, you know, that that's kind of how it snowballed. But I have to say my parents have always been people that, you know, I was allowed to do that stuff as a kid, but only if... That was the extracurricular. Like everything else had to be they were very, very insistent on my, you know, sort of like my education and going to school and like getting good grades and going to college. And yeah. so it's, uh, you know, it's always been sort of a balance, I guess, between those two things. Yeah. And you always hear about child actors and, and you know, the, you hear the bad things that happen. Uh, but you seem to have done, you know, you survived, it sounds like. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, I guess I did. I guess I did survive. And probably, you know, a lot in part to uh, the fact that my parents sort of, the business was never going to be like the ultimate goal mm-hmm. for them, for me. So yeah. I think as a child, that's an incredibly important to your uh, self-worth, yeah. both then and as an adult, you know, as you get between your teen years and and stuff. So, yeah, now, what so, about- yeah I think for me, that was a, that was a positive thing. Yeah. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What about Step by Step? How did you come about getting that part? Was it an audition? Yeah, I was actually down in um, Callaway Gardens. I was doing a um, uh, a show with the Atlanta Workshop Players. And in the summers, we'd go down and we would do shows, um, you know, every other weekend. And uh, musical comedy, like, you know, an hour original little musical. 
been an agent one year um, was there with her family. And, uh, well, again, one of these weird things where she approached my mom after the show and said, you know, I live in L.A. and I'm thinking about becoming a manager. And then she ended up becoming, uh, you know, an agent. And she said, um, you know, if you're ever in L.A., I think you should call me and maybe we could send your daughter out. And, again, my mom kind of did the, like, this is crazy. Yeah, we're not moving to Los Angeles anytime soon, but thank you very much. Um, but they kind of kept in touch and they started to become friends. And uh, my mom sort of realized, okay, well, this isn't solely strange and weird. And this person's actually very normal and knows a lot about the business. And so on my spring break, my mom brought me out to California on a mother-daughter trip. And um, she, uh, we did like a demo tape. And, you know, I put myself on tape doing a monologue and crying. And we uh, went out on some auditions and, you know, went to Universal Studios and all the stuff you do on uh, spring break anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, about a month later, they were looking for this, um, they were looking for this, girl um to play my role in the show and uh couldn't find her they had had another actress and she didn't work out and anyway they're kind of you know um desperate and um <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> well at that point they were contested they had seen everybody in la and yeah. uh the producer bob boyette um remembered seeing my demo tape when it was being filmed and uh couldn't remember who i was but you know i guess called and they basically, next thing I knew, I was coming home from school, and, you know, my dad said that I had an audition across the country, which I thought was absurd. Mm. And, um, but, uh, you know, we, I ended up coming out for it, and I ended up getting it, and it ran for seven years. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those weird stories. That was sort of the job that brought me to L.A. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the sort of the, the job that none of us, like, ever expected, and it kind of... You know, a job like that, it changed our life and what my family decided to do. And the back and forth, we went from here to Atlanta and, you know, a lot of sacrifices they made. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Now, Suzanne Summers and Patrick Duffy, did you know who they were when when you went there? Were you fans of them before the show? Oh, of course. I mean, I didn't know Dallas as well because I was quite young when Dallas was on and I I couldn't stay up to watch it. Um, But, uh... Uh, of certainly Three's Company, oh my gosh. Like, I was a big Nick at Night fan, even as a kid. Um, so I watched a lot of a lot of television, and I, uh, of course, knew who she was. Yeah. Now, they always say, you know, don't work with kids and animals. Now, your show had a lot of kids on it. <laughs> did, did you guys mm-hmm. all get along? It was, was this pretty smooth sailing? Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, for, you know, having six potential child star brats on your hands, we all got along really, really well. It was kind of ridiculous. I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of people from the, that show are still tight. We just had a reunion, and you know, it was great to see people that worked on the show. Very much a family environment. And I think, you know, Patrick and Suzanne had a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. I think they brought in a very warm and professional and loving energy and that, you know, that makes a big difference. Yeah, oh, um, I'm sure. And it's, yeah, you know, especially when you're doing something like a sitcom or you're part of a cast and, you know, say what you will, but you you work, it's a team sport, <laughs> what we do. Yeah. It doesn't take, it's not one person. So I think that always just, it, you know, it provides goodwill on the set. So, yeah, you know, I, I mean, aside from, like, being, you know, 13 and chasing each other around and giving each other Charlie horses, and, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, there was, like, 
It was kind of stupidly idyllic. It was fun. Yeah. It was what, a lot of fun. What was the funniest yeah. thing you can remember from the show? Oh, God. I remember that the um, <laughs> the school trailer very vividly because there were three, um, three different parts to it. So there was one part where Stacey Keenan and Angela Watson would be, and they, you know, they were kind of like the older girls, and they, they were, you know, they, they were in there together, and I always longed to be in there, but I, like, got stuck with the boys, um, which was fun, too, in its own way, but it was, like, myself and Brandon Call, and, you know, he was, like, a teenage boy. He'd roll in every day talking about his car, some girl, and I'm, like, little sister. I'm just, like, subjected to these stories, <laughs> but, like, secretly liked them. And then we would always gang up. He'd always make me his wingman. We would gang up on, like, the, little, the two younger kids. Come on. The teacher left. Let's go in there and, like, you know, give him Charlie horses. I'm like, okay. So it was, you know, I never had a brother. It was fun. We actually, um, it's very normal in that respect. Except mm-hmm. we were doing that to each other in, like, a mobile school trailer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was a blast. We, had a, we teased each other a lot. We had a good time. When they have those school trailers, is it just your show, or do they have other shows in there with you at the same time? No, it's just our show. Just your show, because I've talked with other people, mm-hmm. and there's been a few that have had, you know, I, don't, I can't remember who they were, but they had their show, plus there was another show that was going on with kids, and they would have them in there. So Yeah, we would do, um, it was funny, because like, we would, uh, now and then you'd have a specialized tutor or something, like, when I got up into um, high school, I needed a chemistry tutor who, you know, someone who specialized in that. So I would sometimes share a tutoring session with someone like that, but um, mm-hmm. which is always, you know, funny. It's like someone else needs the same thing you need, you know, and you're like, hi, how are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mentioned that, um, yeah, that, that cherry thing. Oh, yeah, good to see you. <laughs> Yeah. Now, there's a lot, a lot of different things that we could talk about. I know. I, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things. Uh, I noticed that in the 2005-2006 time period, you did a lot of theater with Gary Marshall. Mm-hmm. Did he keep calling you back because you know he knew you and was mm-hmm. trusting that you would do a good job, or was it just it just happened that he was having a show and you auditioned? Uh, well, a couple. I don't know. It happened sort of like this, I guess. Um, you know, I had been. Um, uh, called in for a children's show back in 2007, I believe. And um, it was Sandy and the Disco Ball. They were doing this really cute children's theater there, and uh, they were kind of reimagining, you know, older fairy tale type stories. Mm-hmm. They were an hour long, and they were original music. And um, this friend of mine, Joseph Leo Blary, um, who's since become a great friend of mine, was directing them and writing them. And he called me in to audition. I ended up um, getting the role and deciding to do it. It's kind of from Children's Theater that, you know, Gary came in and saw a bunch of shows we did during that. And then that led to an audition for Happy Days and then mm-hmm. doing Happy Days. And then um, he asked me to um, step in for a role when a girl had to be out for Wrong Turn at Lungfish, which he directed. It just began as, like, really great sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, welcoming me into this um this sort of group of people that he knows that he just uses a lot and i'm really i feel very thankful i've done so much theater there and um you know i a lot of it is because of the troubadour theater company um which i've done i don't know almost a dozen shows now that i've choreographed them or starred in them um and we've been very lucky to have gary's space as sort of a residency uh for the last uh, over 10 years now wow so um yeah it's amazing you know to be able to do Theater for me, theater is an outlet. So uh, I feel like I'm I get to create something and do it with friends, and it's definitely kind of a therapy in a way for me. So I uh, 
I feel very fortunate that I get to do it um, and that, you know, people come back for more. Yeah. Is there a preference for you for theater or movies and TV? Not really. I mean, the only preference is that, you know, you can make a living doing two out of those three. Um, <laughs> um, That's what everybody tells me. Of, yeah. But in terms of the work, you know, it just, it depends. I mean, there's some, there's, uh, they're just all different. There's a sense of joy, I think, on stage of creating something and reacting to a live audience and really being able to soak into a character after doing it for many, many nights. There's a, a real rich quality to that. But there's also something, you know, um, I don't know, almost play-like in doing television, too, especially when you get to know a cast really well. Mm. And then you have great, you know, chemistry. It's, it's very similar to having, like, a theater company in a way. Yeah. So, you know, they're yeah. just at different stages of what you get to do. Yeah. Television, you don't always get so lucky to do a yeah. run of eight weeks <laughs> right yeah <laughs> now, you know? now you mentioned happy days uh the the it was the musical correct uh the happy days the musical and uh yeah. you played Joni. uh was I it did. difficult to play a, a character that i mean everybody knows what Joni's supposed to be like <laughs> is that difficult sure. doing that? <laughs> i mean yeah to a degree you know but it's um I don't know. I mean, this was definitely a little bit of a reimagination. You know, it, it was, uh, I think the musical was was more of an attempt to reimagine those times mm -hmm. and um, than it was directly trying to make, I guess, you know, complete comparisons. But it was fun to recreate who the essence of that character was, who that person was, um, with the man that created the person to begin with. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, that, I was, know. yeah that was a joy. That was a joy, definitely. Now, was Gary tough? Because I'm sure in his mind, he's he knows exactly what these characters, how they breathe, and everything else. <laughs> was he was sure. he changing you, you know, or did he let you basically do what you you wanted? Um. Well, you know, he, he's kind of had a uh, he's a he just has a very unique and and interesting directing style. He'll kind of let you find it. Mm -hmm. And it'll come over now and then and say, hey, when you say this, make, she's so peppy. Make her very peppy on this. And, uh, you know, and, and you know, I just don't want her to feel sad at the end of it. Like, you know, he, just, he says things so, in such a funny manner. He's always making you laugh and, you know, mm -hmm. and, and take notes in a very, like, uh, I don't know, like a, like a softball kind of way, if that makes sense. He's a huge softball fan, and mm -hmm. he treats his cast like they're a, like they're a sports team. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's really fun. Yeah, he's amazing, that's for sure. Yeah, he yeah. is. Uh, it's an joy to, to be able to know him. We'll finish up with the questions of what are your favorite TV shows now and of all time that you enjoy? Um, now, I would probably say uh, I watch Modern Family. I watch The Office. Um, I watch Survivor. I love Survivor. I'm, I'm a junkie for it. Um, <laughs> I watch, uh, oh, gosh, I don't know. I, it's, it's, sometimes it's whatever I come home to, you know, late at night. Um, I'm liking a lot of the new stuff that's on for this fall. I just watched the Mindy Project and thought it was pretty funny. And a friend of mine is just writing on um, Partners now, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to check out a lot of the new stuff that's on. Mm -hmm. um, of all time, you know, the ones that stick out mostly in my mind is, I think, when I was most impressionable, so... I'd say the Wonder Years and the Cosby Show and um, my so-called life. Mm, um, 
Carol Burnett show, uh, Friends, Seinfeld, um, what about, know, Cheers. What about um, movies? What yeah. are your favorite movies of all time? Oh, favorite movies? Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a romantic comedy, so uh, definitely, you know, When Harry Met Sally and was in Seattle. Um, and I'd probably say, you know, the old Spielberg classics, Jaws, and, um, you know, definitely all the Star Wars trilogies were, oh, you know, yeah. big in my childhood. E.T. Um, could never get away from E.T. Uh, and then, like, you know, movies that, I guess, like Pretty in Pink and Clueless. Um, you know, I love all those old, sweet, uh, like, Sixteen Candles, all those old John Hughes movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Christine, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. And I wish you luck thank with the worst much. audition ever. Thank you. I appreciate it. And um, thank you so much for uh, a great interview. Christine Lakin, I want to thank her so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. I hope you enjoyed that one. And uh, if you get a chance, be sure to check out Worst Audition Ever. If you ever get a chance to see that, be sure to go see it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, if you go on the web, you can see a little bit about it uh, to uh, Worst Audition Ever. Okay, check it out. It's really some funny stuff. It's just a riot. And let's see here. Uh, we got to finish up here, but I want to remind you that uh, if you're going to be doing some shopping, okay, it's getting closer to the holiday season, or even if it's not holiday season, you just need something, whether it's uh, DVDs or shampoo or whatever, go to onscreenandbeyond.com, click on our sponsor, it will take you to their site, okay? It doesn't cost any extra for you. It's just what you're normally doing, only you're going through our site. It's going to give us some credit. It's going to help support the show, and we would appreciate it so much. It's, uh, like you said, no difference in price, so it doesn't matter if you're doing that. And you're going to support the show by doing what you would normally do. So if you get a chance, go ahead and do that. We'd appreciate it. And uh, let's see, what else? Uh, onscreenandbeyond.com. Be sure to check that out because there's so much information there. You can go there and you can find out movie reviews, uh, reviews about DVDs that are coming out. And uh, we got a lot of good ones that are coming out, so be sure to check that out at onscreenandbeyond.com. And uh, let's see, what else? Uh, we've got uh, the book Nook that uh, gives you some, if you're really into uh, movies and music and things like that, We've got a lot of information about books that have come out, and uh, you can get some really great books. And uh, it's right there at onscreenandbeyond.com, the book nook section. So that is about it. We've got some great guests that I've been lining up for the last few weeks, and uh, we've got some uh, people from new movies. We've got some people from new TV shows. We've got some of your old-time favorites. Just so much coming your way in the next few weeks here at On Screen and Beyond. I hope you're going to be joining us. Uh, tell a friend. Make sure they know about it. And uh, go back to onscreenandbeyond.com and go to our rerun section, and you can catch all 232 other episodes of people that we've interviewed. It's a lot of fun to listen to them as they tell their story, talk about their projects. And I hope you'll enjoy that, so be sure to check it out. And that is it. That is a wrap for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Thank you.